for being here, my friend. I'm Vonna Davis, and from my heart, I welcome you to the Midlife Confidence Podcast, the show that will help you skip the midlife crisis and fulfill your midlife quest. I found the key to growing in our middle years lies in managing our own mind. I want to teach you to reimagine your identity and purpose and live a life full of possibility. Join me on a journey to discover your midlife confidence. I just got back yesterday from a road trip with my daughter and three grandkids. And they're little, they're seven, five, and one. And we did about 1,300 miles round trip and spent over a week together. And that led to what we're going to talk about today. Because in midlife, one thing that happens is most of us have settled into some kind of comfortable day-to-day routine that works for us. So how do we handle it when our favorite routine is disrupted for some reason, especially when it's more than a day or two? Some of the common things that we have happen are trips and travel, or family coming to visit, of course holidays, and even getting sick or injured or recovering from surgery, or caring for someone else who is. We probably face all of those in a usual year, right? So let's talk about all those times when your usual routine is disrupted and how to stay centered and peaceful in a disorder. So let me tell you a little bit more about this road trip. Being on a trip with three little kids is going to be an exercise in chaos to some degree anyway. And then there are the unexpected surprises that pop up. For example, my daughter texted me the day before we left saying that my five-year-old granddaughter had just broken her arm falling off the monkey bars, which interestingly is the exact same thing that her mama, my daughter, did when she was five. They decided we'd go anyway, and we were looking forward to some lovely California October weather, and we got a 100-degree heat wave instead. And then all the fast food restaurants that we stopped at weren't allowing people to eat inside because of the pandemic, which made it really hard to let the kids run around and take a break from being in the car. So at one stop, we grabbed our McDonald's kids meals, and then we found some rocks in the shade of a casino, and we just settled down to let the kids play and eat when we were swarmed by crazy bees literally crawling down the soda straws to get to the Sprite. So we had to run for the car. (laughs) And also because of COVID, we had to wear masks at the San Diego Zoo all day in the heat. Then we looked forward to a beach day knowing that all the kids, even the baby, would love the sand and water. And instead, the baby had a bout of diaper rash and teething pain that meant she was miserable and fussy all day. So we took turns rocking her under the beach umbrella. And then, let's see, I ordered pizza delivery in the morning so it would be set for a family get-together that night, and Papa John's canceled the order with no explanation, and so dinner was an hour later. And then to finish the trip off when we drove into my home valley past midnight on Saturday night, we were pretty dismayed to see a mountain on fire. But of course, there were so many things that we enjoyed. Brianne and the kids had been cooped up pandemic-style for months and they needed to get out, and they got to hike in Las Vegas with old friends who had moved there. The bigger kids loved boogie boarding at the beach and exploring tide pools, and they didn't even complain about masks at the zoo, and we got to see hippos walking underwater, and beautiful red pandas, and some crazy wild monkeys, and all those amazing animals. 
and we got to see my son who drove down from LA where he's in law school. It was the first time he'd seen his niece, baby Roslyn. And we got to visit their great grandparents, my in-laws, and make some good memories there. And I got to talk to my daughter for hours at a time on the road. So many awesome things happened. Here's the thing. As humans, we have basic emotional needs. Tony Robbins identified these six needs as certainty, variety, significance, love and connection, growth, and contribution. And I added one to the list that I think he missed, which is agency, our freedom to choose. Let's just look at our needs for certainty and variety in this context. We create these routines in our lives to help us find certainty. It's comforting to know what's next, and it reduces decision fatigue, so we don't have to constantly choose everything we're going to do because some of it has become a habit. We also set up routines so that we'll get the outcomes we want. For example, if we exercise every day, we can be pretty certain we'll be healthier. If we set time aside for prayer and reading scriptures, meditating and connecting with God, we can expect to feel more spiritually centered. So routines help us accomplish a lot and meet our goals. And I've put a lot of effort into creating the best routines for me and always trying to improve it. I realized that at this stage of life, I have a luxury I didn't have when I was raising children. That's actually one of the gifts of midlife and being able to be the master of your time more than when you were constantly on demand caring for children. Here's how I see it. God planned it this way, and he gave us more time in the second half of life to focus on figuring out ourselves, our work, our relationships, our contribution to the world, and completing the legacy that we want to leave. So I appreciate the patterns that I've created in my life of routines, such as having a morning devotional and exercising, setting my goals for the day, settling down at the end of the day so I can sleep well, and some other things. This is actually pretty awesome because I find I can keep my mind, my body, and my spirit pretty strong and steady when I do these things regularly. But you and I know that can get boring too. Because we also crave variety. Our brain is set up to seek out new things. And research shows that we get a rush of dopamine whenever we have a fresh new experience. That biological attraction to new things is why humans are such good explorers and adventurers. So we have this challenge in our lives to find the right balance between certainty and variety, between what's familiar and what's extraordinary, between mastery and experimentation. So we go on trips because we're driven to get out and do something different, to have a new experience, to get out of the rut. Or we look forward to family coming to visit, or we can't wait for the holidays to be here. But then in the middle of those things, we start to feel the loss of certainty and routine. When all the things you normally do to stay calm and happy and energized, such as eating and sleeping, your quiet time, your devotional, exercising, when they all go out the window, it can be a challenge. When you've been living out of a suitcase and eating restaurant food for days, or when your house is overflowing with people sleeping in every possible spot and everyone's staying up laughing until midnight and you can't see your kitchen counters under all the mess. It's all wonderful. And at the same time, I don't know about you, but I used to start feeling drained. Like I'm losing myself and sinking a little. I would get tired and sometimes I would start to get quiet and go into survival mode instead of really enjoying the time. 
A few years ago, I got this surprising little message from God. It was one of those quiet but very clear messages that comes to your mind every once in a while. And the thought was, you need to learn to keep up your energy in chaos. And I found that, as I said, a little surprising. And so I decided to take it seriously and I've been working on it. And of course, I had no idea back then what was coming in 2020 and how well that would serve me. A lot of this changed for me after I worked with my first coach and I learned more about taking charge of my own needs instead of needing people or circumstances outside of me to provide those needs. I worked with him in November two years ago and I remember him saying to me at the end, you're going to have the best Christmas ever this year. And he was right. All of our grown kids and our grandkids came home that year, and we had family with us for several weeks, and it was so good to be together, in spite of all the challenges that we had, too. We had one son who had just returned home after five years in the Marine Corps, and he was still decompressing. Another son could only come for a few days. Our family all have quite different interests, so it's always a challenge finding things that everybody wants to do. We went to a jazz game and the jazz lost, which was pretty disappointing for some of the people in my family, but I loved how I felt so centered and peaceful the whole time, in spite of the mess and the drama and the busyness. I felt grateful and blessed and just loved being together and enjoying all that Christmas spirit together. So what about when life is a little upside down temporarily? How can you stay centered and at peace? The first and best option is obvious. Pick the most important routines or parts of routines and keep them as much as you possibly can, even if they're much shorter and less involved. 10 minutes of prayer and scripture and a 10-minute walk alone in the morning can make a big difference. It takes intentional thought and setting aside time for yourself, but it really can help you keep your peace and sanity. This is much easier on some kinds of vacations than others. Basically, the more people involved and the younger the people, the less opportunity for your own time. At least starting and ending the day with some time to recharge would really help. But what about when it all goes out the window, which is what happened on this road trip last week? I had planned to make sure both Brianne and I had some time to ourselves each day, and in reality, that didn't work at all. The kids are so young now, so busy and needy, that we were both usually on deck all the time, maybe just enough break for a shower. I think in eight days, I went for two walks. I might have prayed alone three times and read my scriptures once. I mostly just ate what was in front of me, even burgers and fries, which I never eat. I had hoped to get a little work done every day, but the only thing that I did was a Zoom meeting with my nonprofit team which I did from a hotel, which, of course, that day the hotel Wi-Fi wasn't working, so that was something else I had to get worked out, which is why this podcast you're listening to came out a day later than planned. So here's five tips for holding on to your happiness and sanity when you're temporarily off schedule. And the first one is let go of all expectations and just lean into the experience knowing that it will be rough and messy. I saw this quote on a teacher's desk once and I still love it. It was, stop expecting, start accepting. 
I've found in my life that expectations can often get in the way of relationships and experiences. Sometimes we just get frustrated because we feel like we have no control. What's your control personality? Personally, I don't usually try to control others a whole lot, but I definitely want control over my own life and my own time. No matter what, we can always control how we're thinking. So instead of trying to control others and the situation so that you can enjoy the time, just take control of your own mind. The second idea is mindfulness, to just be in the moment, or as we see everywhere, be here now. When we calm down our thoughts about what we think should be happening and just be there for what is happening, it works a lot better. I decided I didn't want to miss this time in my grandkids' lives. Being with them for eight days straight, I really got to get a sense of them as they are now and what they love and how they've grown up already. My seven-year-old grandson, Ezra, has become such a little observer. He loves to slow down and analyze and explore the natural world up close. And then he loves to talk about what he learned. Every day he would write down what he saw in his journal in his adorable second grade handwriting. Then my five-year-old granddaughter, Adeline, is just an explosion of action and emotion, always running, climbing, jumping, and negotiating for what she wants. And so much fun so energetic. And then baby Rosalind is just this lovely, pleasant little companion, such a peaceful soul already most of the time, and surprisingly obedient and cooperative for a 15-month-old. She understands a lot of what we say, and I also got to listen to my daughter share what's on her mind, what matters to her, and feel like I understand her so much better. I just had to remind myself, this is what I came along for. This experience won't ever happen again. They won't ever be these ages again. The chance to get to know my grandkids and daughter better and create some memories with them was awesome. So mission accomplished perfectly. The third tip is to remember nothing has gone wrong. And the only reason I would start feeling frustrated is when I started thinking things should be different in some way. But actually in life, what happens is that sometimes there's a heat wave Sometimes babies are teething, sometimes five-year-olds throw tantrums, and sometimes pizza is late. And if closed-up restaurants and masks at an outdoor zoo seem ridiculous responses to a pandemic, then just give the people grace for having to make decisions when no one knows exactly what the right thing is to do. That's how it's supposed to be. My fourth suggestion is to accept the whole range of emotions. Sometimes do we hope or expect that a trip or a family visit or a holiday is going to be nonstop fun and joy? Well, actually, maybe at our age, we aren't quite so optimistic. We're probably also worried about things going wrong and being overwhelmed. Instead of worrying about it, we can stop resisting it and just lean into it. Thinking ahead and planning on feeling all the emotions can help. I knew I was going to feel interested, bored, tired, happy angry, at peace, amused, disappointed, full of wonder, all of it, and it's all okay. I know how to get through the harder ones and not get stuck in them. I know how to notice and appreciate the better emotions. I love this thought that I got from one of my kids' scoutmasters many years ago. He would tell the boys, don't let a little misery ruin your fun. So now I just imagine packing up my tiredness 
disappointment and annoyance in my backpack and just take it along with me on the adventure. I don't need to resist it or blame myself for being human and feeling it. Just notice it with compassion and bring it along, but don't let it stop you. And the final tip is to find a new, different way to create the outcome that you want. Without our usual self-care routines, we can start to feel like we are losing our grounding. So I work to see other activities as temporary new ways to get grounded and to feed my mind, body, and soul. I missed my hour-long morning devotionals, so I just took God along with me to the beach and the zoo and in the car and talked with him there. I shared how grateful I was for this family and this beautiful world to enjoy and for the ability to travel. I missed my workouts and walks, but I gave myself credit for walking all around the San Diego Zoo for a day and just getting to be busy moving and taking care of little kids instead of standing or sitting in front of a computer 10 hours a day. So to review those five things that can help, the first one is stop expecting, start accepting, let go of expectations. The second one is to be mindful, to be here now. The third is nothing has gone wrong, it's supposed to be messy. The fourth is don't let a little misery ruin your fun, accept the whole range of emotions. And the fifth one is to be intentional and find a new and different way to create some of the routine or outcome that you want in this situation. Aren't we blessed that sometimes we get to trade in some of our usual life for some new memories and deeper relationships? Imagine your next family get-together or trip with you feeling so calm and chill. You're just relaxing and appreciating everything that's going on around you. And at the end, you feel so proud of yourself for how you showed up and managed your mind. Now my grandkids and I get to say, remember that trip during the pandemic when the bees attacked us because McDonald's wouldn't let us eat inside? Remember riding on the zip line at great grandma and great grandpa's house? Remember the beach and how fun it was to let the waves tip us over? That's totally worth a little disruption. Be peaceful, be powerful, and love your radiant heart. As a life coach, I teach people to see the possibilities open to them, to re-envision their identity and purpose. Somewhere in the middle of life is the perfect time to update your mind and how you're thinking so you can make the most of the rest of your life. You can get in touch with me and schedule a free consult call by emailing me at vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com or on my website at midlifeconfidencecoach.com or message me on social media. I'm at Midlife Confidence Coach. I can answer all your questions about how coaching can help you. All that's in the show notes. Take care until next time.